So you know on Sesame Street, yep. they have the this week's program or episode is brought to you by the letter. I haven't watched it for a while, K. but yeah, well, from the letter. Missing yeah. out. <laughs> missing well, this out. week's podcast is brought to you by a beer called <laughs> Clear Head. Clear Head, a non-alcoholic so, beer. We should. Another, oh yes, I should point out. Yes. So another one, thanks to uh, our friend Mike at the shop on the Wild Cop here in Shrewsbury called Dry by Choice. Uh, and his shop only does alcohol-free beers. So this is one, and it's 0.5%. It's a Mosaic Citra IPA. And it ties in nicely to the podcast we did the other week on mental health, because Clearhead is supporting a charity to do with mental health uh, called the um, Talk Club Charity. Anyway, they're giving some of their profits to charity. So we can feel very... Virtuous. So we can feel virtuous. I can feel even more virtuous than I already am feeling after doing a run this morning. And which was followed by a cold plunge. And I must say that that just added to my level of... Okay, quiz question for you. How can you tell when someone's gone for a cold water swim? They tell you. Because they tell you. (laughs) (laughs) The same with vegans, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, cheers. (laughs) Cheers. So this is clear head, uh, half percent alcohol-free mental health movement IPA. Mm, that's actually quite nice. Not that I was ever in any doubt, but it's nice that. Yeah, it's all right. I might go and get a few more cans of that. So thanks, Mike. We'll be seeing you later for some more of those. That'll keep us <laughs> lubricated. We still haven't solved the conundrum of how that fits into the HR policies. Are we drinking beer that isn't a beer on work time? I think it's the alcohol that's the issue, isn't it? We're, we're so, still half a percent. Who knows? Who knows where this okay. podcast could go? I know. <laughs> we need a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, should we uh, do a podcast then? Yeah. Okay. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the SME Growth Podcast. I'm Dave Parry from Well Meadow, and Richard Rich Buckles here as well. I'm here. Surprise! 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 Yeah. Good to in, be back in again. It's just the two of us. We've had a couple of guests recently, haven't we? Yep. So we thought so we'd feels... have a bit of self-indulgent <laughs> waffling <laughs> to talk about. And we were talking earlier about what should we make today's podcast about. And I was listening to the tail end of the podcast we did on the UK productivity puzzle, which was a couple of weeks ago. Mm. And we talked about the fact that one of the main contributors is our own personal productivity. You know, how good are we at just you know, getting better and faster with the same resources? And it sort of rung true because we're still struggling everywhere we go with the recruitment problem. We can't get yeah. enough people in. We're getting busier. And it, it's a good positive sign, actually, but it does sound like lots of bits of the economy are getting going, certainly in the companies mm. that we talk to. So they're trying to recruit and they're not always getting there. So there's a big benefit to be had if you can increase your personal productivity. Yep. So we thought we'd make today's one a bit more specific rather than that general point we made about the productivity puzzle, but a few tips from Rich what and Dave about, about productivity hacks. So we started working on this what, about three months ago. <laughs> <laughs> and we kept putting it off. Couldn't resist. And we wrote it on hand. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I guess we thought we'd start with like, why should we bother being productive? I mean, it's, yeah. it's kind of, it's a bit of a... Well, when you mentioned that, it was one of those, that's not even a question, is it? But actually, it's deeper than you think because it's mm. it's so true that some people are motivated to be more productive uh, all the time, to continuously improve, and other people seem to be quite comfortable, don't have mm. the same 
pressure. I haven't got the exact stats to my, to hand, but is those you know what? How engaged are people at work? You know, the survey that came out, I can't mm. remember who did it, Gallup or someone. Fifty six percent of employees are unengaged at work, or yeah. whatever the number is. It's a high. It, yeah. it's, it's, it's a very you know, whether they're neutral or disengaged, you've, you've got a very small percentage of people who are really engaged. And I think if you're going to be productive, then you that's probably tied in in some way to how engaged you are with your work and how motivated you yeah, are. I mean, and presumably that doesn't just lead to productivity and wanting to improve, but just learning generally. Yeah. You know, I, I mentioned the phrase autodidactic. You know, I love that phrase. It's just, mm. are you teaching yourself stuff? And one of my triggers, as you know, is when people say, I've not been trained in that. Well, have you bought a book on it? Have you Googled yeah, it? Googled <laughs> have it. you tried to look it up yourself? We don't have to, as adults, we don't have to be spoon-fed stuff. But you're right, the same goes for productivity improvements as it does for learning new skills. So if, if you're not motivated to do it, you know, maybe yeah. some people are, some people aren't. But certainly in amongst our audience of business owners who we typically talk to and directors of those businesses, I would say there's a reasonably high level of motivation to find quicker and better ways of doing things. Now, whether they can cascade that to their teams is a, is perhaps a trickier question. I think it's an it's enabling, you know, yeah, I guess as business owners, people are going to want to, it's, it's maybe not even a want, it's more of a necessity, isn't it? You've just got too much to do and you want to, you need to get through yeah. more than there are hours in the day. But I think as well, if you can enable your team to be more productive, either by giving them access to software or mm. giving them the freedom to do things in the way they want to do them, that that can be quite powerful. I was just talking to my wife this morning who incidentally listened to one of our podcasts the other day and she said, it's actually not that bad. <laughs> High praise <laughs> it, indeed. It was. I, I could hear your voice in the kitchen and I wandered in. Weird. Yeah, you go home I, and hear I, me. And I thought, what's going on here? <laughs> and uh, no, but she was uh, sitting there with a cup of tea Listening to my Listening dulcet tones, to the, chatting to you. Yeah. And she watched the whole episode as well, apparently. Maybe she was missing you and she thought it'd just be nice Maybe. to I should be more present, your voice. apparently. Anyway, enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, but how yeah, so we were talking about, um, she was talking about her work and how they put a ban on chat GPT, um, just mm. various reasons, I guess. They've got reasons, but it just struck me as a way of saying, well, maybe this is, Okay, there are there are issues around it, but well, that in particular. Okay, so there's two things there. One, ChatGPT itself yeah. is controversial. <clears throat> people worried about the fact that it's coming up with incorrect answers. In that sense, it's dangerous, or some other people think it's cheating. Certainly around an education sector, but I guess the biggest sensitivity for organisations is accepting the fact that ChatGPT is still a beta product, mm. as is Bard, the Google equivalent, and it is taking your questions to teach it what it needs to learn about yeah and it's and when you ask it to refine the answer it's taking that in as well and you're giving away your right to privacy so you're mm. the fact that you may search for you know what are the best restaurants in town that's pretty innocuous but if you want to say rank the companies locally for those most likely to grow or something or whatever mm. you might be giving away something confidential yeah. about your work yeah so i guess that's why her work may have done that, but it's a shame. So that's the bit that's specific to ChatGPT. Mm. But we know from, and it's so frustrating, we go into the larger companies that we deal with and their IT department, for all sorts of good reasons, have locked down any number of yep. other services. You certainly can't install a piece of software on your machine, although yep. these days that's less required than it used to be because mm. you can do browser-based you know, yep. SaaS stuff. But even then they ban that. 
and you can't go on and use these services. And here we are just assuming that everybody has access to all this stuff and a lot of people are locked out from it. I think as well, another reason to be productive is around like the competitive advantage, which I think will become more and more apparent as mm. things like, yeah, let's keep, if we, AI, for example, becomes more of an enabler. So maybe not. Yeah. So I was reading, I can't remember, one of the Magic Circle law firms has just started using a model, I think, trained on open AI. Oh, I think I saw uh, that in the Gazette. Yeah. The and, Gazette. and it was, yeah. you know, talking about how it's going to enable people to you know, yeah. save an hour a day or something. Yeah, it's not cheating. About. It's using the tools. Three and a half thousand people an hour a day. That's pretty serious, pretty serious gain, isn't it, yeah. in terms of what you can do. So I think those companies that adopt, say, AI, but also maybe a more enlightened approach to productivity, mm. We'll see that. Well, as you a, did the math just now, didn't you, for this podcast? If if you could save half an hour of half an hour a day, a day is one hundred and twenty-five hours a year. You know, thinking working days, yeah. or whatever. So that's you know nearly three weeks. Three weeks. It is three, three and a bit. So almost, yeah. you know, what could you do with that? If someone said, "Well, you can have three weeks now," okay, it's not all going to be condensed into yeah. one bit of time, but and it would be possible quite possible to see the difference in if I was take, had all my productivity tools taken away from me, it would take me at least half an hour a day longer yeah. to get my work done. So yeah, they're, they're already benefiting me and there's more I could do, but I think we're reasonably full on adopters of tools around us. We even so, have decent IT equipment, isn't it? I mean, that's probably yeah. one of the major. Yeah. we got a, one of our team the other day was uh, having some problems with Excel just gumming up, even though it's a really high spec machine, just got to get the machine cleaned and sort it out. Yeah. It's, like giving somebody a, a blunt chisel to, to yeah. do their work on the bench. You know, you've got to give people the right tools for the job. Tools for the job. So that's why we thought today, let's rather just bemoaning the state of everybody not doing it properly. Let's give a few tips for those that are interested. Uh, and it'll be harder to give tips, but still interesting to how to get other people to adopt this stuff. Mm. You know, how, if you've got team members that report to you, how do you persuade them to have a go at this? So maybe you could have some sort of, you know, tip a day or lunch times you you show someone a neat way of doing something or once a week everybody gets to share something new they found or you know you need to sort of develop a bit of a culture of sharing good Create ideas Create a culture of curiosity i believe yeah well, you see like starts here uk productivity <laughs> revolution we're, we're begins. The when they trace it back to you mean in 50 years time and the economists are saying what well, happened why? 2023 why? it all seemed to get better get, yeah amazing they'll, they'll link it all back to this podcast History yeah, in the making. First. Here we go. Yeah. Go on then. Let's talk about a few practical ones. Um, we, were, we were having a bit of a think about which of the general areas, and not surprisingly, we both started with Microsoft Excel. <laughs> <laughs> because, I don't know, we use Excel a lot. Loads of people use Excel. You know, I've seen people using Excel just to work out your shift rotor or whatever. You know, you don't have to be a numbers-based thing. It's just a, no. a scratch pad, isn't it? But lots of people do use it for numbers-based Classic stuff. interview question. How well are you? How good are you at Excel? Oh, I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Can you do pivot tables? Oh, I've done. I think I did them once. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's a no then. Yeah, okay. but yeah, it's very people powerful. People think they're good at Excel. They can yeah. create a graph, add up a column of numbers, maybe do some basic functions. You know that sort of thing. So it's anyway, it's good if if you've got any, any sort of job that has got numbers in it. You know, I'm sure we all think we're good at Excel. However good you think you are at Excel, and that's us included. That's a tenth of what you could be if yeah. you really knew how to use Excel properly. Yeah. Because there's so much that it can do. But even with that, and the reason we both settled on Excel as 
a point to start our list of top tips is because we see other people using it mm. all the time by looking over their shoulders or being yeah. on a screen share or on Teams. And it's so painful. You want to scream sometimes to see somebody doing something longhand mm. that you know that if you just did that, give it to me moment and yeah, grab yeah. their keyboard, you could you could do it a lot faster. Well, it's literally, I mean, with, with things like Excel, you can, you know, probably save days. If someone, if, if you've got some complex yeah. data that needs to go, you know, go through and someone's going to go through a list of, I don't know, separating out addresses, you know, you've got a big long list of data yeah. of addresses with commas in or something, and they're going to go through and separate it all into yeah. columns. Or putting capital letters at the beginning of names, things. first name, last names, or so many little checking for errors, checking for things that match deduplicating lists. Or if you've got a list of a thousand data points, but you know, it's made up of a certain number that repeat, how do you boil it down to just the unique values? You yeah. know, deduplicate using Excel. So there's, there's a lot of that around. That's, I suppose, more data cleansing, isn't it? Which is and data integrity, which is something that we're yeah. seeing a lot of at the moment in terms of well, linked to CRM. It's in our world a lot because we do a lot of CRM-based stuff. If you haven't got the correct data, it's that classic garbage in, garbage out problem with any system. And the integrity of a company's data is becoming increasingly what drives its value. Yeah. If you're going to be back to productivity again, but if you've got loads of incomplete data or incorrect data, you're going to be spending wasted time chasing prospects, chasing invoices, dealing with yeah. projects that, that take the longer than The downstream impact of, of dirty data or incomplete data is um, is probably quite large. Well, people don't large. notice it maybe or measure it, it's, especially if it's not them that suffers the impact of it. It could be a colleague, isn't it? So in terms of productivity... Sharpen up your Excel skills, and yeah. And how would you suggest people do that? Go on a course. <laughs> don't go on a course. Um, Top tip. Don't go on a course. Yeah, just YouTube it. Courses oh, are great, YouTube. but you remember ten percent of what you learn on a course the day after, and one percent a week after. You know, you've got to have a reason to need to learn something, haven't you? Yeah. So, so you can't really learn this stuff in a vacuum. You got to. Yeah, you got to have an application. Your, yeah. your job to it. Yeah. So yeah, Google it, Stack Overflow, or you know, you'll come up with these websites that have solved things before. Yeah. But just whenever you have a problem, just assume that there's a better way and ask Google or ChatGPT. Yeah. You know, I'm somebody, trying to sort somebody, out a list of blah blah blah. How'd you do it? Somebody cleverer than me has solved this problem. Yeah, there aren't many brand new problems, are there? So but, a couple of tips in there. You've mentioned pivot tables. You know, maybe it's, some people see that as a bit of a rarefied thing, but if it's not, and it's flipping useful to create a table of your data. Yeah, just got to get your head around it. Lookups. A lot of people do V lookups in a very clunky way, but you can do it. Um, back on the data integrity thing, fuzzy logic lookups are probably quite new concept mm. to people. But the amount of times you run into problems where you're trying to do a lookup and it doesn't quite match because of yeah. small typos or a comma in one person's address or not in the other or whatever. So there is a, a free plugin for Excel which does a fuzzy lookup and it's great. Anybody wants to know about it, contact us. I'll send you the link. I'll mm. put it in the notes. Uh, so that's very, very helpful. It even gives you a score if you're doing lots of them. It gives you a score of how close a lookup is. Okay. So it'll give you a very rough and ready yeah. match. Say this isn't really right, but it's probably the best you can do. And it'll say it's a 40% match. Yeah. So that's quite good. Mm. One of those. VBA, we used to do a lot of that. I mean, it's not well, and so still much, do. I was, I was, even if you don't get into so VBA, stands for Visual Basic for Applications. Okay, and it's it's a, pr a basic programming language. We don't tend to teach it much in schools these days because they're mm. teaching Python, which is fine. But if you live in a Microsoft environment, you can't write Python directly, mm. whereas you can write Visual Basic. Yeah. 
which is VBA. Now, a lot of people maybe won't know about that and don't necessarily need to, but they will have heard of macros. Mm. So I was doing a, a job the other day with one of our team where a row of data had, it was badly structured data that we were given, and each row had one of four different potential products within it. And really, you needed that split out so that it would be four rows instead of one row. Yeah. So it's just a bit of you know inserting rows and copying this, that, and that. So you just start recording a macro. Make sure you do it on relative references if you're familiar with using Excel rather than Absolute. And then you can keep doing it over and over again, and it just carries on through your list. Mm. And you, you do the functions that you need it to repeat. You insert some rows, copy some cells, and then you yeah. make sure you finish in the same place you started, but one row further down, save a shortcut key on it, and then you can just sit there pressing control, whatever you want, T or something, and it just blah, 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 and changes the wall. Brilliant. That time that saves. Well, how many rows of data was that? 315 rows was that? <coughs> that so. was, uh, yeah, about that. And each of those turning into four. So that would four. have taken, if, imagine if you were doing that, someone gave you the task, split that data out so that every row becomes four rows and copy these bits and pops out. That would have taken you probably all day. Yeah. At least all day. Yeah. And by writing the macro, and okay, with a bit of VBA knowledge, instead of pressing it 250 times, you can go into the code and just say, do this 250 times for next. And it took 20 minutes. Yeah. Maybe, Which, and maybe you, 20 minutes to write the code, 20 minutes to run it. And whilst you're running it, you can do something else. Yeah. Computer just sat there. So Went out a cup of tea. You can watch something on Instagram or something. <laughs> yeah. And TikTok. Use, some, <laughs> use your time more productively. You're probably learning something. So maybe that will be deemed by some as a bit advanced. And the VBA bit, maybe, but macros, just for going to say, learn how to use macros. That's that easy. Or find easy. someone that does. Yeah, yeah exactly. In your team. So that's good. And I guess the other thing is what Excel as well was, you know, just, I guess, more recently, the ability to link it into other programs. You can link it into ChatGPT if you want to yeah. try and use that kind of functionality within your Excel spreadsheets. There's, there's loads of like kind yeah. of. And just so we're, everyone's aware, other spreadsheets are available. You know, Google Sheets is used by lots of people. And actually that is more integrated because it's yeah. a browser-based thing inherently, whereas whilst you can use Excel in a browser, it's more powerful as a standalone yeah. app. But Google Sheets is very good, and that links to ChatGPT. If you install the function on there, just like you might have equals sum open brackets or equals average yeah. open brackets, you've got equals ChatGPT open brackets. So you can process data using exactly. a ChatGPT question. I suppose whilst we're on the kind of Microsoft vibe, even yeah. using things like Word. Yeah, this bugs me a bit because I see you're often watching people typing stuff when you share screens on Teams mm -hmm. calls or Zoom calls. And you see the um, the clumsy way I see people maneuvering around a document to do stuff. And I think it's because a lot of people aren't used to using the keyboard shortcuts. Mm. And there's a lot that they've designed it to make it quicker to use, but people still reach for the mouse and move the cursor and click and right click and all that. Nearly everything has got a keyboard shortcut. So you don't always have to go back to the mouse and look at the ribbon at the top and select something down. So even moving around text, if you press control as you go left and right, it jumps one word at a time or come down mm. a paragraph at a time. If you want to select a whole paragraph, you just triple click any word within it and it selects the whole paragraph and you can cut and paste it. Mm. Control C for cut, copy, sorry, control X for cut, control V for paste, you know, all these very quick things. Control Z to undo, control Y for redoing when you want to repeat something mm. over and over. You know, all these very simple, when you use them enough, they become second nature. But a lot of people you see don't know them and they're just going, uh, find replace, control yeah. H. You just go in there, put in your text, you want to find replace. And I remember you know, teaching some people trying to teach them how to cut and paste 
and it was all copy and paste and it was just years ago just a nightmare I won't, I won't, I'll keep the names of the guilty. <laughs> Protect the innocent. Protect yeah. the innocent. Or the guilty. Or guilty, but yeah. So yeah, even in Word. Um, Another nice one with Word and also with Outlook as well is using the autocorrect function to create your own mm. hacks. Yeah, so true. if you've got something like, I don't know, a paragraph for like, I don't know, I hope you had a good Christmas break and mm. Happy mm. New Year or whatever the usual sentences that we all send. You could just have like HNY or something, type that in, autocorrect will pick that up and then put that whole sentence in for you mm. to save having to rewrite it yeah, every single heavy. time. And you can apply that to the whole paragraphs of text. You can, yeah. you know, so if you've got people's names that are difficult things, to spell or addresses that you need, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Do all that sort of thing. Um, also in Word where you get the red squiggly line for a misspelling, once again, people tend to reach for the mouse put the cursor over the misspelled word, right click, and you choose the other one. You can just, if you've just typed the word, then just go back a couple of spaces with your cursor because you're on the keyboard and there's always the equivalent of the right click button on a mouse on the keyboard. It's usually a function button on one. Click that, gives you a list of misspellings, you tick the top one, you've corrected the spelling. So silly little things like that really, all, in, all within the Microsoft environment. It's designed for you to do nearly everything on the keyboard, and it's so much quicker when you add up all those little movements where you're trying to use the mouse all the time. It's like uh, Team Sky's incremental gains, isn't it? It's that little yeah, Dave one percent here, one yeah. percent there. Exactly. Um, I guess if we're talking about data management as well, um, things like actual CRMs, that type of thing as well, isn't it? Yeah, to get to use well. those efficiently, and you know, back onto our old hobby horse about CRMs, it's still unfortunately the case that most users of it see it as a monster to be fed for no noticeable gain from their point of view, which means you've got it set up incorrectly and you're not using it properly, right? Yeah. It's a tool and there isn't any point feeding it if you're not going to use it. Um, and it is that, I guess, the productivity gain from a CRM, whilst there is that maybe perhaps a little bit more effort to go in to keep the data, to get mm. the data right, to keep it right. But the downstream productivity gain of being able to have a clean marketing list, a clean set of data for sales teams to work off um you know project management financial yeah. reporting whatever all of that whatever do. you're doing with it yeah. so long as that data integrity is maintained you haven't got people then running around trying to find bits of information missing things out missing opportunities all and it's not just from a marketing point of view it's the company's central database yeah. of everybody and every company that it knows so yeah. rather than everybody having their contacts in their phones, you know, but the, I mean, the majority of people in SMEs who probably don't have a CRM or anything mm -hmm. equivalent, but someone in the organization knows the people, but it's in their phones or in their outlook. Yeah. And it's not shared. So if someone else in the, in the company needs to ring them up, they've got to go and ask that other person or look them up from scratch. And, and of course, by having a central database, you can see other information about them. You know, have they paid their bill, for example, yeah. what products have they had before, all this sort of stuff. But if you can if you can take out that unnecessary communication, right? or have you got that email address for so-and-so, or mm. what was the last thing that they purchased, or what was yeah. that, when did you send that quote, or you can remove all of that. That would be, that's a huge productivity gain. Yeah. That kind of non-value-added conversation yeah. and communication. We'll come back to the comms bit, emails and things in a minute. But yeah, that's there's so much we could we we can and indeed have done whole episodes on yeah. CRMs and the benefits of it, so we won't repeat ourselves there. What about project management? We use a number of tools, don't we? Software as a service, yeah. browser-based tools for this. We tend to use Monday.com. 
Yeah. But there are other project management tools available. Yeah, we use Basecamp in the past and others. You know, they'll they'll do Trello, similar sort of things. A lot of Trello. Trello's good. If people haven't heard of Trello, it's it's an amazing free tool and so simple. It's just columns. Like people may remember T cards in the old days, just columns of cards, if you like, and you can move things from column one column to the next, change the order. Very shareable. Yeah. I, yeah, you mean Monday is very it's very powerful, but it's also quite easy to use. I think you've almost just got to settle on something that your team likes. Yeah, Monday works well for us. We can automate boards. I can annoy people with reminders. reminders. <clears throat> um, and again, like, even things like shared boards as well, so we can keep we can partition what we're using, but also what what we're using internally versus what we're sharing with clients. Yeah, so we idea. can have, and that again is a productivity saver because we can be working on, we haven't got to then keep going backwards and forwards saying, where's this, where's that, where's the well, other. If you can self-serve information, it yeah. stops you having to in- interrupt that other person's thought process, doesn't it? And just, and it's just like today, I was just going through with someone talking about how we're organizing all the content we're mm. trying to produce and just being able to break it down within Monday with a couple of, you know, put all the information in a couple of clicks and Monday's organized it for us yeah. into, you know, different projects across the different stages of work that needs to be done. Very, very clear, very easy. Everyone can see what's going on. And, you know, Actually, that that's just save. triggered another thought as well. But if you're trying to explain something to somebody, you don't have to wait until you do a team school with them and go through it. It can sometimes be more efficient for you to record, do a screen recording yeah. of the solution. Now, you, people may have seen this, other people, and not realize it's so easy to do. But it is. There, there are some of the software options out there are free to record your screen. Some of them even put a little circle on the screen with your webcam of you doing the talking, explaining it, and you can point to stuff and that sort of thing. If people use Dropbox, we use Dropbox professional version as one of our file sharing services. That's got a, an inbuilt screen recorder to it. Uh, Vidyard is another one. Vimeo. There are other solutions out there that allow you to do this and i would say as well from a proposal um sort of sales proposal quote type of mm-hmm. angle um if you are sending documents like that out if you record a little video going through the document so you know canva as well has this functionality or highlighting key points highlighting key points and just talking it through saying okay this is what we think the problems were this life, is the solution it? but the conversion rate on that mm. is allegedly a lot higher well, imagine if you had the option of someone just send you a document, 60 page long. Oh, I can't be bothered to read it. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you a 10 minute run through. Oh, yeah, great. That's great. 10 minutes I can handle. And you're doing all the hard work. Mm. You're telling me the bits I shouldn't be missing. Yeah. That's what that solves for you. So you're right, either talking through a long document in almost a salesy way or just helping someone to understand something because then they can replay it if they get stuck. And I think it's that just building relationship, isn't it? Rather than yeah. here's, a, here's a document, it, it's around, you know, kind of just we're explaining it, we're building a relationship. So anyway, I think the data on that, you can look it up, but it's, yeah, it's good. a good, it's it's almost like a 30, 40% increase in conversion rate just by yeah. doing something like that. Another good comms one is Slack. Yeah. Now Slack, a lot of um, bigger companies use Slack quite a lot. So if you've not heard of it, it's an internal messaging service. So it's a bit like when people go on Teams and send a Teams message to another, it's a, it's a bit like that or other instant mm-hmm. messaging services. But we use it, as I think a lot of other companies use it, to eliminate as much as possible internal emails. Yeah. So we all have too much email, and that's a problem anyway. But it's made worse by the fact that inside an organization, everyone's emailing each other as well as external. So if you can cut out all the internal stuff, then you know email is just there to talk to outside parties with. Yeah. And then we have 
you can organize Slack, you know, it's, it's flexible, isn't it, in terms of how you want to organize it. So we have different channels for different things. Yeah. Try and have a general kind of update news. This is what's going on. Yeah, professional. Broad, broadcast update. to everybody. Yeah. Bit of a random water cooler one for just random thoughts. The jokes and jokes, the whatever. for sale and all that, yeah. And, um, and then client-focused Channels, yeah, you can have subject focused channels. If you work and you can have, projects. doesn't have to be a subject, you might be a group of people just for yeah. that group of people to talk amongst themselves, which may be a, for one single purpose, or maybe generally speaking, that group has a. And they have got a great, um, what's it called? The bit that we can speak on it, huddle. Oh, yeah, yeah. That works very, very well. So, yeah, spin it up unlike into a, a kind of a Zoom thing where only one person can talk at a time, yeah. With huddle, it's like having a conversation just in the room, but everybody's talking through through slack so it's you know well you can all talk over each other yeah, and, yeah. so quite neat then yeah that's good so that's very good um i guess other things on project management we're using dropbox a lot with the commenting tool mm. at the moment to if we're trying to get things approved or just trying to collaborate on say a video or something it's really really easy with dropbox i think you've got to have the pro account to use it but you can timestamp your comments so yeah, good, people yeah. can go through timestamp a comment in terms of and reply to comments that have been and reply. made. So, but in terms of time saving, if you know exactly that, like one minute, 25 seconds, that's the bit that needs to be changed rather than, can you change the bit that says... Oh, you mean when you're videoing? When you're videoing and editing mm. things. You know, yeah, it gives you that ability to be able to mm. go through and, and that's that. I would say that just the time stamping bit probably saves yeah. half an hour to an hour. Now, you made a comment there about having the professional version of that, and this relates to earlier on we said you, know, you can pay for the proper version of Slack or mm. Dropbox or whatever it may be. A lot of companies are shy from doing that. They, everyone wants to try and get something for free. Mm. And I see this trait quite often in smaller businesses where the people making the decisions almost apply the same logic they do to their household accounts at home mm. as they do to running the business. And you're just trying to save money almost at any cost if you know what I mean almost regardless of the consequences yeah. and it's just a plea really to say to people these pieces of software are designed to make you more effective they, they, thousands of companies worldwide pay for them because they do make them more effective so well, back, don't always go for the free stuff back to the half an hour a day mm. three weeks a year yeah it's 10% of is it 10% no it's 1% isn't it no in weeks sorry week, not days I was thinking number of days yeah, three weeks wow three weeks a year 15 working days, let's say, out of your, what, 250-odd. Yeah, yeah you're, you're up at 6-7% of your your working time, aren't you? What would you pay for that? Yeah. 7% pay rise. So it's just a plea that take these things seriously, even if they cost sometimes, you know, modest amounts, 10 quid a month or something. Mm. But if that, how much would you have to save to be worth 10 quid a month? 10 know? quid a month, that's what Magic Minutes costs. <laughs> this episode brought to you oh, in conjunction very good. Very with like Magic there. Minutes. So let's do a quick roundup of other useful bits of software or techniques that we're both uh, used to using. We mentioned some of these before, but... ChatGPT, I mean, yeah. if you haven't heard of it, where have you been? I'm still finding people haven't heard of it, or maybe have heard of it, but think it's a bit not for them. And it is. It's Every day we're using it still, aren't we? Yeah. Whatever it is you need to do, draft a job description or come up with a list of ideas for XYZ or... You come up with the pros and cons of an argument. Or just all sorts of it's not a replacement, but it's a supplement, and it's a good starter for ten. Often, yeah, you know all the caveats around it could be wrong, and yeah, yeah, I don't believe it. I'm but not. I think there's a whole there's a whole. Um, I guess this ties into the other you know the other thing we use as well, things like Mid Journey, which is more image based. 
Yeah. Um, but all of this is around, there's a whole new area growing up around prompt, um, prompt engineering mm -hmm. so that you actually feed it the right information to go yeah. away and build the image. Well, that's going to become something that is a productivity hack. You know, asking chat GPT, just a bland question may or may not get you a decent answer, but getting the right prompt will give you a better answer. Well, I saw something on Instagram, which obviously means it's true that that you there's, there's like six figure jobs now going as prompt engineers it's like a prompt engineer ai prompt engineer is now a new job incredible because when we do these school talks we talk about jobs that don't ask adults for opinions on because they don't exist yet yeah you know there'll be a lot more available when today's school kids go into the workplace and there's one of them prompt engineer who'd have thought prompt engineer um another thing we use which is quite good is otter yeah once again we pay for the professional version of this. That's, uh... So if ever there's a, a chance to record a phone call, a Zoom meeting, or a conversation in an office, just capture that on audio, bung it through Otter, gives you a transcript. transcription. So I was in a meeting the other week where someone, we'd filmed a presentation or something that they'd mm -hmm. given. And I said, well, do you want us to transcribe that? And then, and it was almost as if we were going to sit and listen to it and then type write, it type it all out. Yeah. And so I had to sort of explain that things have moved on a little bit yeah speech recognition is now at that i was reading this month's uh harvard business review where it's mm. got a great little chart in it maybe online actually if you look at it as to how the different uses of ai have accelerated in their performance as compared to a human's performance right so if you imagine the graph has got the hundred point is yeah. where humans are speech recognition started 20 30 years ago but for a long time was down at the five ten percent as good as a human mm. and then about five years ago it breached the hundred percent mark Right. So speech recognition is now better than humans. Interestingly, handwriting recognition is a very hard thing to solve, but it's just about, well, <laughs> you're <laughs> yeah. smiling because I've seen your handwriting. Uh, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But now AI has just about got better than humans at handwriting recognition. They've not seen your handwriting. They've not seen my handwriting. And yeah. Love to put I'm, that to I'm, the test. So if anybody needs to keep anything encrypted and safe from AI. Yeah, just get you to write it me, down. And I'll write it down. Oh, I can't okay. even remember most of this. I write it on the whiteboard and I look you at can't it read your own five writing. minutes later. And I'm like, what was well, that? AI would do it. Image recognition is better than humans. And there's stories, aren't there, about diagnosis of cancers from mammograms yeah. and that sort of thing where the AI is better than the doctor. Yeah, so AI, if you just start with ChatGPT, you'll, you'll find a lot. And we've talked a lot about that before. And um, Otter for doing what it does. Otter for that. Another one is Fathom, which is similar to Otter, but it's a plug-in for Zoom. So if you're having a Zoom call, Fathom sits there in the background recording it all, mm. transcribes it as you go along. And at the end of it, you ask it for an AI summary, and it gives you a short few paragraphs summarizing the last hour of what you've been talking about. It's phenomenal. It's very, amazing. very clever. Yeah. Um, auto hotkey that's something you use a lot isn't it? yeah if you haven't come across this it's, it's a, not a lot of people have but it's a way of getting your computer to simulate keystrokes and that sounds a, why would I need to do that it's a bit like you said earlier with the autocorrect so that you type in HNY and it comes up with mm. happy new year happy had a good Christmas it's an expanded version of that but instead of just typing characters you can get it to do tab commands or press enter or up and down with your cursor and that type of thing so I use that to good effect just for autocorrecting misspellings like you're doing with your yeah. autocorrect, but it applies then in any place that you're doing it. It doesn't have to be in a Microsoft product, which is where autocorrect mm. works. It could be on a browser or whatever. And because we take our Magic Minutes notes, meeting notes in a browser rather than in a Microsoft product, that's where it becomes particularly useful. So I've got lots of little shortcuts there, all of the email addresses of my 
frequently referred to colleagues are all in there. So I can just type r.b and it splits mm. out to richard.buckle.wellmeadow.co.uk and so on. So, there, But there's so much more you can do with it in terms of getting to wander around web pages and click buttons. Yeah. You can use it for web scraping to a certain degree or processing things. If, if it's the sort of thing that appeals to you, you'll, you'll find so much support information out there on it. But it's a great productivity hack. Emails. We talked, we talked about that already, haven't we? Emails. Well, we're all overloaded, which is why we use Slack. But there's a couple of techniques I've come across for managing it a bit better. Uh, not everybody's cup of tea, but I like to not use the folder structure down the left-hand side. I mm -hmm. see a lot of people when they're triaging their emails, you watch them doing it. They spend a lot of time grabbing emails from the inbox when they've dealt with them and putting them into a folder. Mm. Imagine how many times you're doing that throughout the year. That's a lot of time. I just leave everything in the inbox, which is actually Google's advice of how to deal with emails when you use Google Mail. Yeah, And then just use the very powerful search functions to to find the things you want rather than the folders. Mm. But the benefit of that is your inbox is then your full to-do list. And a quick way of me triaging that is using the keyboard shortcuts to turn an email into being either unread or read. Right. So control Q marks it as read. So I just go down the list, don't even open the ones where I know from the subject heading or the sender, mm. I'm not going to be giving that any time today. So I just control Q. And sometimes I select whole swathes of emails in a period and control Q, mark them all as read, they're off my list. And you can do control U to put it back to being unread again. Another neat trick as well, if we're all a bit of a prisoner sometimes to triaging emails as they come in, mm. and I could be working on something in my inbox and the new email arrives at the top and immediately distracts me. Yeah. You know, we're all shiny new toy, shiny new thing. So I tend to collapse the bit at the top, which says today, because it's usually grouped by today, yesterday, last week. Type yeah. thing. So I collapse the today. So then when I'm working through the older stuff, I'm not getting distracted by newer mm. things that are coming in and you can also decide to time box your day to only use your certain times a day maybe first thing yeah. in the morning first thing after lunch to even look at your emails it's a good way of controlling it um i suppose we'd be remiss not to mention magic minutes which is another which is yeah other meeting management meeting. software is available but as we've mentioned before we have our own that we've developed and that's commercially available the, the reason we did that is because in the board meetings that we run lots of we wanted to make sure that any actions that were agreed don't just get written down and then forgotten. Mm. They become a living thing. So the system will chase people up and allow you to put comments against them and automatically include them into the follow-on meeting so that they get dragged in to the next set of minutes and you can explain what's happened. So it works very well. But it was also about making taking meeting minutes quicker, wasn't it? So that you actually, so our, our style of doing that was to do the, take the minutes in the meeting so that when the meeting's finished, a, everybody's seen the minutes so they can agree them. You haven't got that. Well, I never said that. and I didn't agree to that thing. That's taken care of. But also you can just move on to the next thing rather than thinking, yeah, I've sure. got to go trying to decipher what I've written down on a scrap of paper and then mm. turn that into a set of minutes. And you know, and that was your version why? of the truth rather than someone else's. Yeah. To be fair, a large part of that is solved by the just the fact of presenting or these days sharing yeah. on screen the the page where you're taking the minutes yeah. and they everybody owns it then and they can stop you mid-track say oh no i didn't say that or don't forget yeah. there was an action there you didn't collect it even down to misspellings but you're right the amount of time that saved us we used to employ somebody didn't we, we to did. manage and that wasn't even taking the minutes that was no. just a process manage the, the board packs put the agendas together manage the actions send out the minutes chase people up for the yeah. dates for the meeting all of that is managed by the software so that saved us a whole person and then, as you say, instead of taking the notes and then coming away mm. that evening, usually having to write up yeah. the minutes, it's done in the meeting. Yeah. Project it on the screen. Everybody can see it happening. Use all the snazzy keyboard shortcuts to refer to the reports that have been uploaded and 
Job done. Yeah. Um, I suppose, yeah, another thing that we did integrate into Magic Minutes, but is available for other things is Zapier, isn't it? So Yeah, and I'd be surprised. Probably quite a few people haven't even heard of Zapier, mm. but it's increasingly useful because it links together two or more existing browser-based pieces yeah. of software. And because there's so many more browser pieces of software now, it's even yeah. more useful. But imagine if you've got, say, a Trello board that we talked earlier, we've got some projects on it. Every time a job moves from one column to the next, you could get it to either send you an email in the simplest sense or yeah. change the status of something else somewhere else. And you know there's lots of Internet of Things type products mm. available now, like the Philips Hue light bulbs. Yeah. You could say that when an order arrives on HubSpot, it makes the light go green in your office. You know, it, the, the possibilities are endless, really. You can make it do all sorts of things. We used to use this thing. What was that? Ift. If, uh, that's a similar if, thing to if, Zapier. Yeah. yeah. If this, then that. Yeah. Ift. I think you had your... Um... You had a geofence around each client, didn't you? So yes, I put a geofence around every client. And every time I arrived at or departed a client, it sent a Slack message so everybody else on the team knew that I was either busy or available and they could give me a call in the car. Ah, call in the car. Don't get me started. <laughs> we covered that before. <laughs> um, and then I guess, yeah, HubSpot automations is another thing we use a lot of. Um, yeah, that can save a huge amount of time. Massive amount of time. I think our last recruitment process... I set it up so that everything was automated um, in terms of responding to candidates and pushing people through the process. Yeah. And so, yeah, we had somebody, you know, apply recently and they went through went that through process, process. And it was fairly touch free from, touch our, point free view, from our point of view. So, came through at the end. Yeah. All of those things just save you time, isn't it? If you save can save an hour a day or two hours a day or. Yeah, and obviously with the marketing point of view, people are seeing some interesting content. They want to download an asset, an ebook, or something. They do that. Then automatically they're followed up with a series of emails expanding on it and adding more value. And then they come back in again. And yeah, that's, that's the magic, isn't it? You yeah. want something to be working while you're sleeping. That's good. So those are that. Also in HubSpot, there's the snippets function. So if you've got paragraphs of text like you talked about mm. before, you can just insert that into emails with the click of a button. Saves a lot of time. Excellent. So there you go. Lots of uh, tips. I'm, I'm worrying now that we're taking up too much of our listeners' time by listening to us. Yeah. So maybe the next tip is to stop listening now. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that people are walking the dog or driving. You know, when you've got this picture in your mind's eye of where mm. people are listening to this, I think they're they're not at their desk. Email in. Tell us. Tell us what are you doing. What do you do when you listen? Yeah. Answers on a postcard, please. No, I, I don't think people are sitting there at their desks listening to us, are we? Do you think? I don't know, maybe. Yeah. Well, they'll tell us. That's no. That's no. Good. Well, we thought we'd try and share some thoughts. I hope that's been helpful. We can always do a longer blog on the back of this, couldn't we? Other productivity hacks. Good. Links to some of the tools or whatever. Yeah. Good. But well, yeah. thanks a lot for listening once again. You've been listening to the SME Growth Podcast from Wellmeadow, and we've been talking about personal productivity hacks today as we say every week please pass on the message of what we're doing uh, we do get a lot of satisfaction from hearing everybody's fantastic feedback so thank you very much for that please share it around though to your business colleagues and friends and if you get a chance then give it a, a like or a follow on, where, on wherever it is that you get your podcasts from but in the meantime good luck uh, and uh, good luck with your businesses